sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Hello and welcome back to Business Eye at Dublin South FM, sponsored as ever by Dunleary Rathdown Local Enterprise Office. And it's Friday again. Joe, it's Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. Where does the weeks go? I'm, I was out shopping today before uh, the show. I says I'll nip in and do a little bit of shopping. And the stores were bare. There was no one in them. It was wonderful. I must start shopping on a Friday afternoon when no one is around. I whizzed in and did my shopping, believe it or not, in 10 minutes. That's great, isn't wow. it? <laughs> I, mu- I must start shopping, period. <laughs> yeah, the the online. No, I had to run down. I, I get my, my non-alcoholic beer for the weekend. So there's only one place that does it. So I right. picked that up. and You're a good boy. You're a good boy, Joe. Good, good boy. That's it indeed. What about yeah. yourself, Simon? How's your week been? Uh, it's been busy, and I was just saying before I was over in the UK last week, and it's a different, you know, going over there and then coming back here. It's lots of different dynamics to uh, play, but we're not going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about inspiration and people and positivity today, Joe, aren't we? We're going to yeah, really roll roll the, our sleeves up with positivity. <laughs> roll it out. Who have we got, Simon? Who have we got today? Well, we've got a fantastic guest by the name of Lara, Cull- Lara Cullen. She's originally from Ireland, but she's living in central London. She's an executive and leadership coach, trainer, speaker, and insights discovery practitioner, which I'm curious to hear more about, founder of the People Person Limited, and, and author of a book that's, I think, coming out or just come out. She'll tell us shortly by the name of How to Be a People Person, Be Kind, Be Brave, Be Brilliant, which sounds amazing. Laura, it's great, great to see you. Great to see you. Hi, great to be here. Thanks so much, Simon. Thanks, Joe. Great to have you on. You know, when when I seen the PR agency threw the book in front of me and I looked at it, you know, a people person and look, reading your bio and reading what you stand about, it resonated with myself. And the reason why, because I believe that people have to take full responsibility for their own lives and people need to stand in their own two shoes. And as Simon would know, I've been ranting and raving over the last couple of weeks, courage and truth, courage and truth. And I think that people have, you know, forgotten what it's like to be themselves and they pretend to be someone else so they can fit in to the narrative and with what's going on around them. So what's your thoughts on that? (laughs) I think there's a lot of truth in that. Um, And I think that, I mean, let's start with what it means to be a people person. And one of the things that I do fairly early on in the book is try and redefine what a people person is and speaking exactly, Joe, to what you've just said. And typically when we think of a people person, we think of somebody who's good with other people and somebody who's charismatic and sociable and friendly and all of that kind of stuff. And that's absolutely the case. But actually, in my experience, Experience of working with people, working with leaders over the last 20 years or so. What I've noticed is that the most effective people, people are those who do take that responsibility for themselves first and foremost. So if you're not able to lead yourself, if you're not able to bring out the best in yourself, you can't do it for other people. So I define a people person as somebody who can bring out the best in themselves and others. And that really is about standing on your own two feet and and knowing who you are 
and then working with that instead of, as you say, getting kind of sucked into this vortex of who we think we should be. Um, and I think as well, just to, you know, build on the back of what you were saying also, I, I agree. I think people have lost themselves a lot, but I don't think it's entirely their fault either. There's a lot of pressure to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to be a certain way, to have social media likes and, you know, the house and the car and the family. And, you know, as humans, it's really difficult to not um, not fall into that sometimes. So, yeah, this is absolutely about reclaiming yourself so that you can then support other people too. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. You know, it's funny, you know, somebody said to me recently, we're born authentic up until about the age of five, what we say and do coincides. And then we kind of lose ourselves into this world of expectation, what we think others expect of us. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And so are you saying that is the premise of your book or your work about kind of peeling away some of that false stuff and getting back to the that authentic, true version of you? Yeah, absolutely. So the the model that I've developed, which the book is based around, um, works around, I call them three different dimensions. So yourself, other people, and then the wider world around you. But it absolutely starts with yourself. So understanding yourself, being kind towards yourself, knowing what it is that you need, um, being brave and courageous and honoring yourself and then allowing yourself to, to step into your potential. Um, so, yeah, it, it starts at that place first. But we don't live in isolation and we are um, social creatures. So we do have to take into account other people as well, both what other people need from us, what we need from others, and the wider world too. So it's one of the um, the problems I have, the, the, my book bears without like the whole self-help world and self-help industry is that it's very focused on self. Yeah. Um, so this book is, and my work is, but it's also absolutely taking into account the fact that, you know, we can't just um, take care of ourselves and be self-absorbed. There's other parts of the puzzle as well. Yeah. Authentic is a word which is bashed around and, you know, over the last two years, you know, everyone, you know, needs to be or wants to be authentic. And it's something that I put something up in earlier on today on, on LinkedIn and this, and I've realized we can never truly be 100% authentic all the time. There are moments in our lives when we are authentic. But we also have to remember to respect and honor other people as well, because sometimes when we look at this, we may want to speak out, but you have to be kind and you have to have compassion. So, you know, survey that is out there at the moment, you know, asks people, the biggest question that people ask is, what is my life purpose? What is what is my purpose in life? But I think adding on to that is being authentic and who you are. And I think that's in that in being a people person is probably one of the most difficult things that a person has to do or try to achieve in this journey of life as well. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, so absolutely. I'm just trying to think of which of the points to to come to first. I think authenticity, it really has been bandied about a lot over the last couple of years. And what's interesting is often the people that promote it the most are some of the least authentic people that I've come across. Um, 
And and so I think, you know, the interesting question for me as I was hearing you is, is, is you know, what's your interpretation of, of authenticity and what does that mean? Because I think it probably you know, could mean something different to, to lots of different people. Um, and it's one of the threads or the pathways that I, I talk about in the book and in, in the model, but I don't call it be authentic. I call it be real. And, and for me, that encapsulates you know, being authentic and being yourself. Um, but also being, you know, respectful, as say, of other people and, and and the wider situation. And I think that, you know, you can, you have to adapt depending on who you're with, depending on the situation that you're in, but you can still be real and authentic at your core. So knowing those things that you really stand for and that you're okay with, that you're not okay with, you know, you can, you can still hold on to those um, without, you know, without really having to change, change who you are. You know, that's it's interesting you to say that because you mentioned in, in the book you talk about the second B is be brave, right? Yeah. And, and and I just noticed, and bear with me on this, I just noticed your logo, the people person, the color is red and the letters and the letters are white. And my logo is exactly the same, red with white letters. And people have been saying to me, don't use red. It scares people. It means stop. And I just ignore them because I love it. And have you consciously... I'm not talking about the logo, but do you consciously think about this stuff and think, well, I don't really care what people think. This is what is me. This is what really suits me. And this resonates with my frequency. Is that what yeah. being brave is about? Um, it is. It is about having, yeah, having the courage to connect to who you are and then to act on that. Um, and uh, you know, to, to answer the first part of the question is, you know, do, do I do I do I kind of um, go with what feels right? And as you say, yeah. you know, what, that that frequency, irrespective yeah. of what other people might think, or go along with the flow. And I think it's you know, it's a delicate balance. Certainly, the older I've got, yeah. the less I care about what other people think. <laughs> in the sense of it doesn't affect my perception of me you know my yeah, my yeah. value is not dependent on whether other people approve of me um mm. but i am very conscious of my impact on other people um because i think that we all have a responsibility to be conscious of our behavior our words our actions and how we affect other people yeah. um in terms of the color scheme it's interesting actually some people have said the same to me um my and my color scheme is a mix of um it's the red it's also a teal and an amber and um, i'm white lettering in there as well and originally it came from the fact that i'm half irish and half spanish and so the red and the yellow being the Spanish flag and the green, white and the gold being the Irish flag. And that's where okay. I found my brand colours from. So, yeah. So I do think about these things. I do do what feels right. But, yeah, of course, if I think something's really going to offend somebody or hurt somebody, then I'll pair, I'll pair back. Yeah. And, and that is one of the things that I, I talk about as well um, in that chapter of being real. You know, that authenticity is not a license to be um I'm trying to think of an appropriate word to use for your listeners <laughs> but you get the idea you know it's not it's not a license to just say whatever you want and say well yeah. I'm being authentic this is my truth so I'm going to speak my truth and I might offend and hurt people in the process yeah. the first part of the of the model is be kind so you start with that always and then it's absolutely about be brave and be brilliant yeah how would yeah. you describe yourself after you know writing the book or for a listener who would have come across your book and read it? How would you define yourself? 
oh my lord gosh what a question for a friday <laughs> that's joe that's your best ever question <laughs> <laughs> um how would i describe myself i would describe myself as somebody who is interested who is um flawed who is doing their best um and who genuinely enjoys learning and being around people and learning from people I think that's probably how I would describe myself and and hopefully somebody who bring does bring out the best in people you know and you know I've always kind of thought through my work I can't save everybody I don't want to save everybody that's not my job but if I can make somebody's day a little bit better through every interaction I have with them then that's a pretty good day so that's what I hold dear to me. Wow. And what, what would be, you know, the, the sort of clients you work with, would they be, would they be people who reach out to you because they, you know, they want to be helped with their confidence or are they curious or do you have a complete mix of client base? Yeah, I have, I have a mix. Um, and then there are some common threads that run between them. So I work with individuals and I work with businesses. So with individuals, it's often people who, um, who are a bit stuck, who want some clarity, confidence, direction, probably, you know, reconnecting to themselves. Um, often it's, you know, there's the, the, the a difference between coaching and therapy and that therapy is you know, um, usually focused on helping somebody get to a level where they're functioning quite well. And coaching works on the basis of, you know, I'm functioning okay, but I just need to, or I want to move forward. And so, you know, the people who are generally doing okay, but they know there's something better. They know there's something more or something different and they want a bit of help figuring that out. And then with the kind of businesses that I work with, um, it tends to be more the creative sectors. It tends to be kind of small to medium-sized businesses who are very commercial, but also really care about how they do things. So the kind of companies that I work with will be um, genuinely interested in the well-being of their employees, but well-being beyond putting a fruit bowl on reception or offering yoga yeah. classes, you know, gen genuinely wanting to develop, support and skill people. Um, so we do that through coaching and through training and workshops and all sorts of all I'm sorts just of going to stuff. jump back there. You mentioned the word flawed. And I, did. I think if a lot of people were to look in the mirror and say to themselves, what are my flaws? Am I willing to step in front of the people around me and admit to myself that these are my flaws and my weaknesses are part of me? Do you think that would be a good exercise or would people be willing to cross that Rubicon and do that in front of their employees or their, their work colleagues? Well, I think the first thing is, and this is where this is where and why we start with be kind and it's where and why we start with self. So again, the model is just self, then others, then the world around. So if you're going to ask that question or those questions, which are really important and helpful questions to ask yourself, if you don't know how to follow that up with kindness and self-compassion, you're only going to get yourself into a really miserable place. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Self increased self-awareness um, and facing into the mirror if you meet that with criticism and judgment, which most of us do, 
then that's going to set you back. It's not going to help anyone. If you're able to meet those questions with self-compassion and with acceptance, say, these are my flaws at this moment in time. And this is, and, and, it, and it doesn't make me less of a human being. I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still valuable as I am. Then that's a really great line of inquiry. So I think the first thing is how you meet that in yourself and asking those questions of yourself. And then when it comes to standing up in front of other people and being open and, and having those conversations, this is where it really depends on the environment that you're in. So if you're working in a company where other people are mature enough and kind enough and compassionate enough to be able to be adult in response to you sharing your vulnerabilities, then absolutely, because it unites people. You know, what what unites people is is their vulnerabilities more than their strengths. I was just thinking, what what, what would be the the biggest blockages or the biggest um, hurdles that your clients would face in getting through this journey? What, 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 obviously, without mentioning any names, but what are the usual things that people struggle with? Is it lack of confidence? Is it, I just can't do this. I can't face my demons. I This is for somebody else. What, what are the sort of things that you encounter? So I think one of the big things would be um, what will other people think? Um, will I lose people? You know, will people no longer accept me, be around? That's one of the, the big things is what will people think? Um, confidence and belief in themselves as well. You know, and this is where having a coach or, or somebody alongside you can be really helpful because other people can see our potential often much more than we can. So self-belief. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing is um, fear of change. Um, and that's fear of the process of change because change is hard and it involves work and you know it will be it will be lovely <laughs> if it was easy, but personal development is hard. Um, but also fear of what might transpire at the end of it because uh, if you've been behaving in a certain way or keeping yourself small for most of your life and then all of a sudden, I'm thinking of, is it Donna Summer or Diana Ross, that song, I'm Coming Out? <laughs> yeah. And if all of a sudden you start like, breaking out into song and you know, being your best self and other people aren't ready for it, you're like, that's, you know, that's a daunting process. So, so that's not what I advocate either, but yeah. you know, it's, it's that fear of stepping out. Yeah. Simon, I'm going to throw this at you. You know, you and me, we... We, we feel that we are full of wisdom and lots of knowledge over the the last 50 years um, banding around on this planet. What do you feel that people struggle with when you're coaching as well? What's what's the, the one thing? Well, it's funny you're going to ask that because I was going to own up to what I've experienced the last week. And I don't think I'm the only one who experiences this. And I don't mind sharing this. You know, I was over in the UK last week and I, I saw my dad for the first time in a year and my brother for the first time in a year and I came back to Ireland on Saturday and I felt Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday really disconnected. I felt kind of a bit sad, you know, a bit lost. And and I said to somebody who I, I really trust and admire, I told him this and he said to me, maybe it's maybe you're not disconnected. Maybe you're getting to grips with the fact that you're connected. Right. And connection doesn't always mean you're going to feel happy, go lucky. Sometimes you need to feel a bit sad. You need to feel you're missing because that proves that you're truly connection. Love can also involve 
that feeling of slightly gut-wrenching sadness. You know, when you when you fall in love, it hits you in the gut. And so I guess for me, the learning from this week, which was huge, was an awareness that it's okay not to feel elated. Sometimes being in the right place means just being aware of that feeling inside. If that, if that, and I, and I don't think I'm the only one who feels that. I sense that with my clients and and, and friends. You know, I I would believe, and you know, it's something that I've been battling with for a while as well. And it's it's an understanding of detachment, and it's okay to be detached because when you can be detached from everyone and everything around you and still feel comfortable in your own two shoes, you know, life is okay. Then, you know, you, you, there's mm. a time when you realize you don't need, you know, the bar of chocolate or you don't need your friends or you don't need, you know, all these outward distractions to make you whole as a person that when you find that what makes you a person, is you that's i think is a huge learning curve simon that's that's yeah. really sort of yeah. you and you and the dog you and the dog Are you, yeah and and, and lara <laughs> i'm just looking at your linkedin profile and just to, to, to bring this back to you and and very profoundly you talk about why do we do what we do and then you say life's too short and too long for anything else explain that because i think that's really cool <laughs> thank you um so yeah i think you know life is too life is too short to to waste um it's too it's too miserable sorry it's, it's too miserable life is too short to waste or to be miserable um but it's also really long when we're in it and you know when <laughs> so you know, when when we are when we we look forward and we've got a whole life ahead of us and if something is not working for you and you look forward into your life you know that's a really depending on where you are in your life cycle but for you know it's just a really really long time I think anything um you know any amount any amount of time is too long if it's not working for you so life yeah. is short it's precious use it wisely and it's too long to be in any situation that doesn't serve you, make you happy, isn't right for you. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who, in their 30s, who mm-hmm. is on this journey that you have been on, you know, you know, the reason why you got into business and the reason why you wrote the book? What, what advice would you give them? Um... I would, I think, well, for somebody who's in their 30s, the advice that I would give to them is that you are, you are only starting. You might, you might not feel like it, but this is the beginning of, of this kind of adult part of your life. So, um, although it might seem like everybody around you has got all of their stuff figured out, by the time they get to 40, they'll probably be a completely different person. By the time they get to 50, they'll be a different person again. So go easy on yourself. Um, have fun. Um, and and just use, you know, I think that, that decade between 30 and 40 is a real time of self-discovery. Um, you know, your 20s is about fitting in, impressing people having fun, getting drunk, whatever it is that you do. And your 30s is when you really start to question who you are and what you want. Um, but not to have that pressure to have it all figured out by them. 
And in your fifties, you just put up with what you've got. <laughs> yeah. Well, Simon, you know, when you're fifties, I, I, I look at it as the first 50 years you had the training wheels on and the next 50 50 years you take them off. That's, you know, it's yeah, yeah. my brother-in-law when I was 30, I remember thinking I'm a man now, you know, I've grown up at 30 and he looked at me and says, what age are you now? I says, I'm 30. You know, and he said, you have a whole life ahead of you. You're still a child. And at that time I was going, what? But now looking back, a t- 30 years, you are still a child in the grand scheme of things. You really are. Yeah. 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 Not. Simon. Yeah. No, what? I think this has been, re- re- this has been a great conversation. Be kind, be brave, be brilliant. I, I guess, Lara, you know, maybe to wrap this up from you, what two or three tips is not the right word, but what two or three suggestions would you give to people to let them kind of break through and be a little bit braver, be a little bit braver. Any any kind, kind of suggestions? Yeah, um, well, I think in order to be brave, you have to start with being kind to yourself because that allows you um, the space to make mistakes and that when you make mistakes, you learn from them. You don't write yourself off. So the first step in being braver is, is to be able to um, allow yourself to be okay as you are, to when you do make mistakes and things go wrong, because they will, because we're human, that happens, um, that you're able to care for yourself in the same way that you would for somebody else who you care about who's made a mistake or tripped up. Um, and then, so that's the first step, I think, in in being a bit braver. And then the second is to start small. Um, so confidence is, you know, confidence is a is a muscle. I talk about confidence in the third part in, in Be Brilliant, but confidence is a muscle and taking risks and being brave requires confidence. But the more that you exercise that, the more that you use that, the more it'll grow. So taking small risks and realizing that the world hasn't fallen apart gives you that confidence and that belief to take bigger risks um so start small trust yourself and and the more that you do the more that you push yourself out of your lot out of your um comfort zone the easier it will become so one of the things i did you know remember when i was in my early 30s and i thought i knew it all um and i was changing a lot in my life was i wrote down three small things every month that scared me but that i was going to do and they would be little things like um you know go to a yoga class so you know i was really unfit unhealthy i knew yoga would be good for me um, but I was scared because I thought everybody who does yoga is like looks like they've come off of Love Island and they've you know got nice leggings and stuff. But I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I did it. And then I felt amazing, not just because I did yoga, but because I pushed myself to do something or, you know, going to the cinema by myself for the first time. You're really small things. But the more I did it and the more I tracked it, the more my confidence grew and I was able to step out. So number one is be kind to yourself. And number two is start small and yeah, trust yourself. That's cool. Lara, where can people, if they want to get your book, where can yeah. they get the their hands on a copy? So they can um, get it from Amazon and uh, from all major booksellers. Um, you can yeah, just go into your, your local seller. It's released on the 28th of October, um, but it is available to pre-order now. And also through my website, thepeopleperson.org, there are uh, various links to buy it on there as well. 
And the last question. Yeah. If someone picks up that book and they complete yeah. it. What yeah. are you hoping for that person to achieve when they finish reading your book? So I start the book with a sentence about what about its key intention. And the key intention of this book is that will it will enable people to bring out the best in themselves and others. And by doing so, it'll make the world a better place. So that sounds like a very, very big lofty ambition. But my view is that if I'm focused on bringing out the best in me and the people around me, and if everybody just does that, how can we not make the world a better place? So that is my hope that people will will be able to do that. Just, you know, just a, a nicer, kinder, more inspiring world to live in. We could all use that. I see your book as kind of a ripple in a positive growth journey. It's, in, it's, it's a great really energy strong well. ripple. You've, you've, Thank yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, great energy around. Cool. That, that glowing, glowing on it. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate that, really. Laura Cullen, thanks for coming on Business Eye. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the second part of our show. And this week, as we do with most weeks, we do a showcase business. Do, 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 do. (laughs) And this week, um, it was something that really sort of I'm getting into. I'm enjoying it. And I'm always on the hunt for knowledge, wisdom, experience and seeds. And today I have Brian Faulkner. Brian is a man who's supplying Ireland with organic seeds. He's Seed Ireland. Uh, Brian also has a other business as well, which is like MicroVeg. And that's supplying restaurants and everything as well, which I'm not too sure about. I'm, I'm a bit blind in that part. I've watched a couple of his videos on YouTube, which has sparked my interest. But seeds, look, I think with everyone in the last year, in the last two years, we all took up some sort of hobby or some sort of interest. And for me, it was gardening. And for me, it was growing veg. And if my dog stopped eating my broccoli and my cabbage, I would have it all bottled, jarred and ready for the winter. But unfortunately, the only things I got this year is spuds, lots of spuds. <laughs> but yes, it's good. Brian, welcome to Business Eye. How are you? Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me on here. Really appreciate it. I'm doing good here. Um, great to hear that you're that you're taking up the hobby of growing your own. Hopefully, hopefully, all that the dogs are getting it. Yeah, we are. We, you know, it's it's fascinating. You put something in the soil and it just grows. You know, it's it's. But Brian, you're yeah. a Dublin man. Um, tell me, you're you're living outside Dublin, but. What made you get into it? Had you were you a green finger guru all your life, or was it just something that you 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 sort of stumbled along as you you know went through life? Um. Well, it's yeah. I suppose this particular aspect hasn't always been a big part of my life, but uh, I do have a, a good background with green fingers. I suppose you could say so. I asked straight after school, I was a greenkeeper and I was a greenkeeper for, I think it was 19 years, just up until three months ago, I left it to fully focus on doing my own stuff. Um, So I have a good background in growing things 
mainly growing grass, which doesn't really produce much of a, of a crop, something that you have to keep putting and something that causes you uh, labour to do. And then I suppose really though, like as regards flowers and vegetables, my mum and dad have a big garden at home and they're unbelievable at that. They, they both, the garden is like, um, I always tell them they should get um, someone to come in and judge it or in, in some contest. So my mum has all the flowers looking amazing and my dad has always grown his own veg and since he retired he kind of treats that like his like his full-time job so so that's that's really my background in in this kind of uh industry it yeah there's probably a couple of people there that have jumped up and went oh my god like i'm sick throwing down grass seed every year still getting the same crap grass so but with so you're doing the greens the you know growing growing the grass for 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 golfing and we should stay that but the seeds why you saw potential in seeds yeah yeah i did yeah why how so yeah so so i really i really seen the potential when i think it was back in it was in the the later half of 2019. So I was actually looking for some seeds just to test out some things for my other little business that I have, the microgreens one. And I went, in, I, I do everything organically, Joe. So I went into a few different shops, like so your usual ones where you would go looking for seeds. So Woody's, um, Woody's, maybe Tesco or wherever, wherever you would go yeah. get seeds. And I couldn't find any organic seeds in any retail shop that you walk into so that was just something i noted at the time that they just weren't readily available in shops and so i then i then i got i got to see they wanted them i got them from an online retailer that i had already been dealing with and someone who i have created a relationship with since and then after that then i suppose 2020 came along and covid came along and there was a massive surge in people taking up growing vegetables, growing flowers at home. And I just, I took note of a lot of these websites that were selling seeds and selling garden produce or yeah, selling seeds and stuff you would do your garden with. They all had to shut down uh, around COVID because there was such a demand for it. And since then, even I think the, People have got into it, they've liked it, and the demand is still kind of there. So, so that was something I took note of, the, the massive demand and the market not being able to facilitate the people's demand. And then I think coming towards the... the I, had, I really had the idea from then on. But then I knew, I also knew that Brexit was coming along. So Brexit was going to kick in at the start of 2021. And what that meant for people selling organic produce here in Ireland. A lot, a lot of the organic produce, a lot of the organic seeds anyway, were being imported from the UK. So the, the website that I bought those seeds off, they would have imported a lot of their organic seeds from the UK. And what Brexit meant for, for that was that anything that was organic, once it got imported from the UK into Ireland, because of the regulations and because of the whatever agreements they couldn't come to organic organic produce from the UK, even though it is produced organically, once it 
comes to Ireland, it can't be classed as organic anymore. So that that was going to be a problem for online retailers that they weren't going to have a source of organic seed supply for their customers. So with all of these things that I took note of, and then with as well, I kind of have a little bit of knowledge in this, and it's 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 in my field, so I have a degree in horticulture as well. I kind of I kind of went about seeing could this be a business that I could create to provide these other seed suppliers with these gardeners packs of seeds that they could sell on and then also sell them myself. Okay. Okay. And it's one of the things which I've noticed as I've taken on this, you know, hobby as as a vegetable grower. Um polytunnels as well there seems to be a huge uptake for people growing you know with polytunnels um unfortunately with ourselves when i yeah. to, when i decided yeah. to put a polytunnel in the back I, it was vetoed because my wife says that's taken away the view of the mountains so i'm <laughs> so i'm so i'm building a, a small one which is only about two two foot three foot off the ground um so it's a raised bed with a with a polytunnel roof on it uh but what I've what and one of the things as well when I went searching for seeds like that, there's some places that had no seeds, and they said to us, "We we got our seeds in last spring, but we haven't got anything since." And they're saying, like, I, "You know, because of, and everything is blamed on Brexit." But all the people that I know that have seeds, they treat them like babies, and I've even with my kids, I you know, would lay out my potting trays. And I'd be picking up a seed, you know, you open a bag and there could be 800 seeds in it, right? And I'd be picking <laughs> yeah. up with a tweezers and I'd be putting one seed in one pot and then covering and then picking up a second seed. So not to waste. Am I mad doing that or is 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 that the way it should be done? Or you just get a handful of them and throw them in something and hoping it grows? No, I think you're, you're right to take care of what you're growing Joe because you want to get the most value out of what you've bought and you don't want to waste anything and you want to you want to you want to make sure that you get it the crop you 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 want from the seeds that you've bought and just on that 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 is one thing so I gave you the reason there of like the the opportunity that I saw and the reason why I created the business and another reason that you know we we wanted to create this business was so that seeds like this would always be available to people in Ireland because we want to promote these types of seeds because the seeds that we sell, so they're organic and they're also open pollinated. And I don't know what you know and don't know about open pollinated seeds, but no open, poll- open pollinated seeds are seeds that, are, that have evolved with our environment or evolved with nature. And they're more beneficial to pollinators, so butterflies, bees, insects, and these. So, so we want to we want to promote this type of seed, and hopefully, in some way, it helps the environment and it helps the people that want to also use this type of seed. The the, the word Monsanto pops up, you know, with genetically modifying and that scary thing. So when you said that and, you know, connecting with nature and all this, it brings a smile to my face. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Monsanto. Monsanto would produce a lot of seed that's genetically modified. So genes are changed in the seeds. To, you know, like I suppose one of the things they do is so Monsanto produces Roundup, and a couple of one of the things that they have done is they've produced some seeds. I don't know exactly for what crops. Probably some of your commodity crops like um, wheat or you know, those type of crops, but. They resist the, the plants that come from them because of the gene splicing they've done, they're resistant to Roundup. And what that means then is that the seed then, that seed then it would be very expensive. And it's not, uh, it has its uses because I suppose we have to produce a lot of, a lot of food, but seed like that then, see, with seed like that then, it's also, that's owned by the company. So yeah, there's, 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 there's patents on, on that. It, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. I, with one of the things about organic, like I'm blessed that my, my wife is a nutritionist and we eat everything organic as well, or we try to. And, you know, even for the groups that I'm on and people that are growing, we're all learning from each other. And if something is, you know, natural and organic, you know, all it takes is just a little bit of effort, you know, check it around to see that there's no bugs eating it or, you know, check to see if you have a cover over it for for butterfly or yeah. All it, these things are, it's it's just for me. It's just amazing, Brian, that you put something in the soil, you put a bit of water on it, germinates, and up this thing grows. And if it doesn't, you know, for me, I'm kind of going. If it hasn't, if it doesn't grow in a couple of weeks, it's dead. It's not. It's a dud. But if it's going to pop up and that's somewhere, it's just. It's amazing. And then you're eating it later on. You're going, oh, my God, I just grew all this from one small thing. And it is, you know, it's when I describe it is like the Garden of Eden. Um, and it's amazing. And if more people do it and even going back, if you go back into the 40s and 50s, like people used to grow their own all the time, grow their own veg in their backs and their front gardens. You know, yeah. and commercially yeah. that was all stopped and everything as well. So, you know. And a lot of people want are starting to come somewhat self-sufficient in what they're growing as well. You know? That's it. Like I know my dad, my dad is from Athboy in Mead and his family, when they were given their house, um, all the houses would have had an acre of land with it yeah. to, to grow your own food. So, um, so yeah, so hopefully, hopefully people, um, can get it get back into that and start growing a little even just a little bit for themselves because grass saying this as as someone who is a greenkeeper might be a bit strange but um grass is, is really not that useful a big massive patch of grass is not really very much good for the environment or very very much good for for, for the cow yeah 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 but yeah, it could be put it's, a, it's, it could be put to better use by maybe growing your own vegetables maybe yeah, and sustaining yourself in some way it's, that's it yeah. kids complain but you know from from a, a but even you don't even need a garden you know i know people that grow all their veg in yards um or on on rooftops you know a couple of buckets or you know raised beds or whatever you can grow and you can grow it anywhere i've seen people grow stuff in walls oh you absolutely yeah. you can grow in your windowsill when get get some pots, you can grow some herbs on your windowsill. There's 
plenty of opportunity for growing in, in small spaces as well. Tell us, Brian, look, we're coming to the end. Um, tell us if someone wants to get some organic seeds from yourself or if a restaurant wants to get in touch with you as well. Um, tell us, where can they they where can they find you? Uh, thanks, thanks a million for having me on here, Joe. Really appreciate it. And thanks, thanks a lot. Um, the, the best place to, to go would be to seedsireland.ie. So seeds with, a, with an S at the end, ireland.ie. And if anyone wants to contact me about anything, it's brian at seedsireland.ie. So if someone happens to be a reseller of seeds and is interested in, in stocking their seeds, they can get me there. And just a little plug, Joe, at the end, if you don't mind, um, I want to offer uh, a 20% discount to any of the listeners of your show for the next two weeks for on their first order if you want to go ahead and use the website. And all you have to do for that is type in the discount code when you get to the checkout. It's businessi20. Businessi20. Brilliant. We'll, uh, we'll send that out then as well. That's great, Brian. Look, and the other business that you have as well, have you got a website for that for any restaurants or anything? That one is adairmicrogreens.ie, Joe. So A-D-A-R-E microgreens.ie. Thanks for that. That's great. Look, Brian, great having you on. And um, there it is, folks. Look, I'm telling you, if you want, if you're interested in growing, if you're getting into, you know, planning for planning now for September or planning now for spring, I think it's time to buy those seeds. I know that I've gone to some places and they are short of them. So, now, Brian's Seeds Ireland is definitely some a website you could check out. Get those seeds, grow your own food, and the pleasure that you have. And your kids will ask questions, and you, it's all part of the education process as well. So look, that is our showcase business for this week. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And yes, welcome back to Business Eye. Simon, what a Great guests we have. Our guests are quite good. I do like our guests. They, they, yeah, they no. fill us with lots of interesting knowledge and wisdom that yeah. we share with everyone yes. as well. That we share with everyone. Yeah. No, they stretch. They stretch us. And I mean, she, Laura, was great. And be, what was it? Be brave. Be kind. Be kind. Be brave. Be brilliant. I mean, it sums it all up, really. You know, it's. It does, uh, yeah. But 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 what she said was, it all starts with yourself. If you can't be kind to yourself. And and being kind means also allowing yourself to be, be aware of your emotions. You don't always have to be up, you know. Sometimes, because you're a human, it's okay to feel a bit sad, to feel a bit affected, but it's not to deny that or dismiss dismiss that. That's being kind to yourself, you know. Yeah, and it's taking that break as well, you know, and yeah, understanding. And you know, when we take a time out, even yeah. out of our own lives and everything, that's that's so important. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, we're we're coming into we're in October. I can't believe we're October. Halloween will be coming up. Um, you know, Christmas. No, the year. Christmas. Where's the year? Where's the year gone? Where Christmas is the year then? Yeah. Gone. Where's the year gone? Um, and then you know, on the political and economic way, you know, what's going on? What's going on in this country? You know, there's Sinn Fein. Sinn Fein is now ten percent ahead in the polls, uh, and if you add them to the independents and possibly the Greens, there's a majority there. You know, I mean, if this stands, 
the the, the two F parties are going to struggle next time to keep them out. You know, so yeah. there's a lot of questions coming. I don't think the Greens will get in again. I, you know, I think they've they've done a bit of mismanagement, and I know that rural Ireland Ireland did don't do well. At, you know, especially with some yeah. of the stuff that they want to push out. So. Who knows? Who knows? But I think the government that we have at the moment um, and the policies that they're making and everything as well. And I think people are I think people are ready for a change, no matter what yeah. that is. Good yeah. or bad. Good or bad. Yeah. Enough, and then it's you know. funny, you know, I just came, I was in the UK last week and I got used to being in places with no or very limited masks. And I have to say, almost without exception, everybody was responsible. You know, they were not wearing masks. But they kept their distance. They were respectful. I didn't really come across any crass behavior. And yet, when you're over here, all you hear is, well, those places where they're taking off the mask, they're all hugging and kissing each other. I didn't see that. I honestly didn't see any of that. People were still responsible. They just weren't wearing masks. Treating us like children. Treating us like children. That's what it is. We are adults. We are adults. We're adults. And Christmas is coming and we can still be adults at Christmas. Still be adults on it as well. Yes. If anyone wants to reach out or connect with myself and Simon, we have a Business Eye Advisory. And that is a group on, uh, you click on that page and there's a group then that we have linked into where we're speaking to entrepreneurs, uh, business people and sharing advice and other ideas with uh, the network as well. Yeah, businesseyeadvisory.com. Dot com. Yeah. .com, whatever, dot .com, businesseyeadvisory.com. Check it out. Yeah. And until next week, as uh, myself and Simon are going to uh, do something this weekend, I'm going out. I don't know where I'm going. I think I'm going to. A, yeah, me too. Somewhere, food, whatever. Shopping. shopping, shopping again. Shopping on that. <laughs> Have a safe week. Take care and keep smiling. Keep smiling.